Hello and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. I'm Mark. I am here with my buddy Caleb. How you doing, Caleb? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. And I've got to tell you, I have been looking forward to this episode of the Moonshine Jesus Show since we got off last week. I couldn't wait to get back on here with you. How are you doing? I am doing great. And I have the same experience. Yep. I, I immediately yeah, yeah. start looking forward to the next time we get together and talk about whatever it is we decide to talk about. This week, it happens to be Batwoman, which... Uh, <laughs> Honestly, it comes with a lot of good and some not so good, but we can talk about all of that. But uh, first, there's a couple of things going on with the show that we want to talk about, let people know. Uh, and maybe the first one, Caleb, if you want to say something about is is the, the question and answers that we're going to start doing instead of hashtag. Yeah, so we've been doing a hashtag game, which is a lot of fun, but we thought we'd change it up a little bit this week and do a question and answer segment. So wherever you're watching the Moonshine Jesus Show, if you're watching live, go ahead and put any questions that arise for you as you're listening in the comment section. We'll be able to see them no matter where you're watching. And uh, later, we'll get into those and try and answer some of them. Exactly. So to be clear, the, the first two segments we're gonna we're gonna run it just like we normally do, but instead of playing talking about our hashtag game in the third segment, we're we're going to just go back and look through all the questions that came up during the show, the things that people are curious about, thoughts that they have, whatever, and try our best uh, to address the ones that we can. Right. That's right. We may not get to all of them, but uh, but we'll get to some of them. And <laughs> we have a sponsor. Uh, for the Moonshine Jesus Show. Absolutely. Who is that, Mark? It's uh, someone I'm vaguely familiar with. I think you might be too. Uh, ProgressiveChristianity.org uh, is, yes. is bringing the show to you. And you know what? Uh, I, I know it's a little self-serving of both of us, but the truth is ProgressiveChristianity.org is it's an amazing place to go for resources for progressive ways of understanding different pieces of theology. Uh, it's great. We've got literature there. We've got essays there. We, we even have, we, we, we've created uh, our own children's uh, curriculum that you can go and, and see and take part of and, and, and get for, for your own organization or even at home. So uh, I, I just, a big thank you to progressivechristianity.org uh, and, and um, their willingness to basically bring the show back for all of us. Amen. I'm excited about progressivechristianity.org and all those incredible resources. And I'm excited to find out what you're drinking today, Mark. So well, one of the things that we thought might be fun is uh, to to do some themed cocktails. We did this last week, and, and that was kind of fun. And we found out that DC had a book of themed cocktails, which wow. inspired us. Yes. And uh, Mark, I can't wait to hear what you're drinking today. All right. Well, so um, like you said, uh, it was your idea actually from last week where you did a themed cocktail and it just made so much sense. It fits the show so well. and It's so much fun. So we've decided to do it this week. So I went out and I did some research just like you had. And I found out, so like we said, we're doing Batwoman. And there's at least as far as I could find for free, because yes, I'm that cheap online. I'd thought about bu- buying that book a couple of times though. And it's still online. Um, I couldn't find a specifically cocktail called Batwoman. There were lots of Gotham themes, Batman themes, uh, some some of the bad guy thing, you know. So I decided that if there's not one, I need to create one. So what I did was I went out, I found one that was called a Batgirl, which featured, uh, I think it was tequila. No, it, it was, it doesn't matter. It, Cherry was one of the main 
focuses. And then I found another one that was not related, but it was called the the red and the black, which sounded uh, perfect for, for, for Batwoman, particularly when you think of the costume and the, the crimson hair and everything. So I've decided, since they drink a lot of bourbon on the show, that one was a tequila fixture one. I decided to create my own. So uh, what I've made, I'm calling it Batwoman, the crimson, uh-huh. the crimson kicker, because this Ooh. is good. It's got, we'll try to share at some point the the recipe of these things. This has got bourbon. It's got uh, um, wild cherry brandy in it. It's got some some simple syrup that I made that's a a cracked black pepper and jalapeno simple syrup, which is the kicker Mm -hmm. part of it. Um, It's got lime juice, a couple other things in it, but, and some bitters. And the, the thing is, it comes off, it starts off kind of bitter goes kind of sweet and then finishes with a little kick in the end. And for me, it's perfect for the character. It's a dark, stormy past that she can be a little bitter about, understandably mm-hmm. so. And in the comics, she has got a little bit of a, a bite to to some of her jokes. It can be a little bit strong. Yeah. But she's also this kind and caring person, but you don't want to you don't want to be facing her kick. So uh this is uh the crimson kick, Batwoman. Uh, how about I, you? And I and I uh, garnished it with some black cherries and a and a, a uh, red, dark yeah. red jalapeno popper. So or a jalapeno uh, um, uh, uh, cherry pepper. So how about you? I love that, Mark. And of course, you found a way to work bourbon into that. I of love course. it. <laughs> uh, what kind of bourbon did you use before I talk? I about actually use my favorite mixing bourbon. Bourbon. I don't. Yeah. A good bourbon. I don't like to put a lot of things in. Uh, it yes, comes yes. from the same distillery that makes Buffalo Trace, one of my favorite bourbons, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's uh, Benchmark. It's a great, I, I highly recommend. It's very affordable, but it's a very good mixing bourbon. How about you, sir? What what did you go with? So I started out when I did find a Batwoman cocktail, but mm. the alcohol in it was vermouth. It was only vermouth, and so it had a very oh. low alcohol content. And I thought. This is, and this was the one from DC, I think. And so I hmm. thought, this is so typical. They have underestimated Batwoman. They have I given mean. her this this wimpy alcohol. It's it's yep. not worth drinking. And so I am so glad that you have done justice to Batwoman <laughs> by giving her a real drink. So instead, I I went and got a, a cocktail after my favorite Gotham City villain, the oh, Joker. Excellent. And so I've got the Joker oh. here. So this has uh, <laughs> purple Jolly Rancher infused vodka oh with my lime juice <laughs> and uh, and limes garnished with limes, and uh, it's got uh, just uh, some seltzer to to fill it up in a Collins glass. And uh, it's I love it's it. great. You can really taste the Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> it looks cool as all get out, man. It's a I love the I love the uh, attention to detail with the colors and the flavors and everything. Um, so cheers to you, sir. Here's to a good cheers show. to you, Mark. Amen, and welcome to all of you. Let's listen to the music and then let's get right into Batwoman. Jesus 
Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about Batwoman today, and Batwoman's a really interesting show. Uh, it's been through three seasons so far. It's it's um it's a cha- challenging show to watch in part because it took them a while to find their footing. Uh, and on top of it, right? Oh, this is what a problem for a, a TV series. Right after the first season, the main character, the actress, left the show uh which put you put you in a pretty interesting place to be and they had to recast it they had to reimagine how a new person could play the main role of batwoman they had to integrate them and their storylines with the characters that were already in existence i can only begin to understand the problems caused in the writing room outside of the fact that i'm pretty sure i saw some of the problems on the screen (laughs) (laughs) Uh, definitely yes uh, but at the same time i think there's very there's a there's so much potential both in the casting and the characters and in the relationships of batwoman that we don't see in a, in a lot of places in some ways i don't know about you caleb but yeah. so uh, the original character that played batwoman was batman's cousin so sort of just right. inherits what's going on and by season two, we end up having to pivot because the actress leaves the show. And we end up with a person who basically grew up on the tough streets of, of Gotham City. And Cat yeah. uh, Kane, uh, Batman's uh, uh, cousin, basically yeah. turns the reins over to her and says, you, you're, Bat, you're Batwoman now. I need to go look for Bruce. And in some ways, maybe it's just me. And I'd love to hear your take on this, Caleb. Yeah, there is something much more inspiring or morally correct in my way of seeing it, where it's not this rich person with a lot of money saving everybody, but instead what we end up with is a story of, of a person who has a lot of means, Cat Kane, who recognizes the value and how much, um, how good another uh, person who maybe didn't grow up with all those means would be at doing exactly what the Batwoman is supposed to do. And just basically says, here are my resources. Here's my voice. Here are my means. You take them and make this world show us what, what should happen because you've lived that life. You know better than I ever can what this should look like. I mean, what do you, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think you're right. And I think this is one of the rare times whenever the lead actress leaving a show actually benefited the show. The first season was pretty rocky and it was really interesting. And one of the things that I've appreciated about the Arrowverse, the the shows on the CW that Batwoman is connected with, if you haven't watched that, is I've appreciated their LGBT uh, centrality and mm. casting Ruby Rose as Kate Kane, I think, was very uh, a, a courageous decision to cast someone who is, you know, gender fluid and a lesbian to be the center character, I think was was very interesting and and powerful but i i don't think it the show worked real well with kate kane and i think that uh that having uh this person take over for kate ryan was was powerful because she brought her real life experience and we we see that in the show as she's struggling not only to fight crime but to make it to her 
parole officer as she's been convicted wrongfully of drug possession. And I think one thing that this allows uh, the show to really explore in more detail is what it's like for people of color, what it's like for people who are living in poverty to really, mm. to really kind of have to grapple with this. And I think there's one point where uh, it's it's Sophie who works for an organization called the Crows, kind of the uh, the police force, private police force in the show. <laughs> that that her sister says Batwoman is part of the problem. You're mm. making things worse, and I think that that's the first time that I've ever really heard that explored in a show. Like, is the superhero making things any better or are they making yeah. things worse? Yeah. Well, I thought I, that was interesting. I, I do. I think it's, I, I really appreciate it that they drew it forward. I mean, I don't think that it's the yeah. first time, particularly in the, the Batman universe, Bat universe, so to speak, because yeah. it is a, a reoccurring theme in several iterations of Batman in terms of does vigilanteism really make the world better or does it not? Yeah. Um, but I do really like, and I appreciate your point of how uh, we see, we were introduced to the character par partially by being this character being wrongfully jailed for possession of, of, of illicit drugs. Uh, not, and it's tied very much to a lack of means and inability to defend herself and, and, and all those kind of things. And, and that's juxtaposed against this vigilante who uh, kind of gets to do all kinds of things that are technically, even if they're for semi-morally correct reasons technically bad uh Illegal. being kind yeah. of you know a blind eye turn you know rich white person so fine let's turn our eye let's not worry too much about that even if it is for you know some good causes i, I really appreciate uh that point that you drew out there um but i i like the way that they then develop the character and we get yeah. to see personal relationships we get to see how that influences um everything that she is um but both in terms of her desire to go out and make the world a better place, even if she's struggling with the uh, the difference between right and wrong in terms of how how far do I get to go? Like I, I, I've I've been in in some ways there's this undercurrent of I've been on the receiving edge of someone who's supposed to be the police or supposed to be trying to work towards a, a correct a morally better world. Uh, coming down on the wrong people for the wrong reasons and abusing their power. And how do I find a balance in that? Seeing her try to navigate that along with, as we slowly see these reveals about her family, which gets, honestly, yeah, this yeah. is sort of part of, the, in my opinion, the bad. We get a little soap opera, which happens a lot yeah. when, I see this a lot personally, and I don't know if you've noticed this, when shows are struggling, mm -hmm. they tend to go, and what I call soap, soap opera route, where it's all about strained family relationships and uh, 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 intimate relationships. We begin focusing a lot more on those to try to revive the 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 the, the show. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, if a soap opera can stay on for 32 seasons and have absurd storylines, why would that work for anyone else? I mean, who cares if it, you know, doesn't have anything to do with the, the universe that we've created or if it's inconsistent? Yeah, I think you're right. And and it's clear that, that this has been a show that struggled, but I've also appreciated it. And I, I think it's in part because I'm a huge 
you know, Batman universe kind of fan. Yeah, and agreed. I appreciated the Arrowverse going into Gotham City. And I started watching the Arrowverse with, with Arrow and I got super obsessed with that. And I couldn't wait for it to go to, to Gotham City. And uh, I appreciated the way that they went there and that they, they went with a, a character like Batwoman, who's someone who we don't talk about a lot. And that's one of the things that I've appreciated about the Arrowverse so much is that, you know, with the exception of Flash and Superman and Lois, most of the characters that they spend a lot of time with are characters that we don't tend to hear a lot about. They're not the ones who often get movies made about them. And so, yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate that it took Batwoman so long to kind of develop and uh, I I would have really liked to have seen that uh, yeah. go forth because you, I mean you really had to make a commitment to you had to get through the first season and a half oh, or maybe two yeah easily. it's tough it's yeah. tough and and yeah. and it's not because of the characters it's not because of the it's I'm trying to be nice here. it's because of the writers. I mean, yep. they were so confused. It was unbelievable how, right. and even into the early part of season three, they're still trying to find their uh, uh, a footing. For instance, a Batwing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Luke Fox, which is Lucius Fox, who was, you know, kind of uh, uh, Wayne Enterprise's brain. He's the guy that understood everything and made a lot of what happened, what Batman needed and uh, his son, Luke Fox, is incredibly intelligent as well. And we'll get back to him because I think there's a, a really cool part of his story. Um, he ends up, well, let's talk about that part of the story. Like, yeah. as a child, this is so cool. And I love this. It also points to some of the issues with superheroes. As a child, he imagines what Batman would be as a, a black man. And, mm -hmm. and he draws out what this would look like. Well, and his yeah. dad, being Lucius Fox who can make anything and make it better than anyone in the world goes, Hmm, that's a great idea. I'm going to make that suit. Right. And long story short, he finds the suit, but okay. So great writing. Love this. Love this. Yeah. Follow that. Mm, uh, there's so much good about that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the problem? Tell us Mark. So <laughs> the problem with the suit and <clears throat> Is when when he gets in trouble, mm -hmm. his dad was worried about him. So mm -hmm. ultimately, once again, there are spoilers in this show. There will always be short spoilers in this show. You will hear more frequently from us if there's not spoilers that you can watch. We'll go, hey, this is a weird one. There's not going to be spoilers. <laughs> this is their spoilers in the show. So right. the issue with the suit is that when he gets in trouble, the failsafe mm -hmm. The damn shoot suit shuts down <laughs> in the middle of a fight. Like it, it doesn't. The it doesn't worst fail safe. Use a jet pack and launch him off into safety. It doesn't like form some shield around him. Just yeah. says, "Nah, this is too much. We're shutting down. You shouldn't be doing this." Like what kind of writing? Like okay, I I, I just feel like that that little tiny yep. snippet right there is indicative of the struggles of this show and. and to try to be relevant, to try to make some social commentary because a little bl black kid imagining what a white superhero would be like if he wasn't white is brilliant and important and could be, there could be so much storyline there. 
And then yep. you send it to his hyper intelligent, like one of the most intelligent engineering design people in the world. And the fault in the suit is it shuts down when things get tough. I mean, that is the worst. <laughs> like, how how bad can you ruin what could have been this amazing? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Any, I'm anything, I'm going, anything would be better than shutting down in the in the middle of a fight. You're right. So writing is obviously it's it's at issue here. But you also raised a very important point, Mark, and that's that it does make a real effort to make some some social commentary. Yeah. And I think we can dig into that a little bit deeper. So let's listen to the music. Let's come back and let's talk about some of the social commentary that we find in Batwoman. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We're going to delve into some of the political commentary in Batwoman, but a reminder before we get too deep into that, that if you have questions about uh, this show or about anything that we've been talking about, go ahead and put those in the comment section wherever you are watching this podcast. So there are a lot of social commentaries that happen throughout Batwoman. Mm. And one of the ones that really stood out to me was the justice system. And I think that this was able mm. to be raised mm. in part because Batwoman is a, a woman of color in seasons two and three. We see a lot of police brutality. We see a for-profit prison system. We see the prison pipeline for people of color. And one of the places where it was the most clear for me was in season two, and I, I mentioned some of this earlier, that Sophie, who is working for the Crows, this police force, this independent police force, which is another thing, right? Gotham right. City has hired this private police force to, <laughs> to enforce the laws. So we've got this, this police force. Sophie's sister, Jordan, is out spray painting, uh, defund the police, and she mm -hmm. sees the police commissioner killed. And I think she hits the nail on the head. She says... Batwoman, you're a part of the problem. And uh, and Ryan, who is Batwoman, says, well, how would you go about solving Gotham's crime problem? If Batwoman isn't the solution, then how would you go about this? And Jordan says, before it starts with grassroots organizations trying to get funding, and they, mm -hmm. they work on creating a community uh, right. center and some neighborhood-led safety initiatives. So yeah. I think that... That's a great commentary about oh. how it is that we the, we work for justice and, and we try to do crime I, prevention. Absolutely. And it would be even better if there was more in the show about that, because basically the argument, and this is the most on point, whether you are a, a, a just a, a, a humanist, whether you are a progressive Christian, this is the most on point perspective about any kind of Corrective actions or violence, mm -hmm. proactivity is better than reactivity. Yeah, period. Absolutely. It just yeah. is. And that's the arguments being made. It's being made in a 
very eloquent and, and more uh, accessible kind of earthy way. And I appreciate it very much. But then the rest of the show is all reactive. Like, it's like there's so much, but once again, like, there's good, there's bad here. There's so much potential. Right. But unfortunately, the show in its emphasizing reactivity really mm-hmm. is become, is, is a mirror for reality of how it is yeah. in the United States. I mean, h- h- how much proactive laws do we have in terms of trying to help people before it gets bad do we have compared to punishing people after it gets bad and rather than then trying to reform just trying to double down on punishment so other people won't do it i mean that's right we're obsessed with retributive justice on making people pay for what they've done we're not so interested in preventative measures we're not so interested in restorative justice like helping people reform after they've already been in the prison system and one of the things that is really interesting just before we we go off too far from from this uh this uh thing that's happening with for-profit prison systems in gotham i think it's um, yeah, I think it's amazing <laughs> that they portray the the person who's in charge of this for-profit prison system as the person who arranges for the community center to be destroyed so right. that he can continue to line his pockets. Yeah, just, uh, it, it's just it, it, it's it's that's it's a al- piece of amazing writing. It's almost too real for fiction. I mean, uh, it's uh, almost too real. Yeah, it, it, I. I there's not enough discussion about this kind of thing. And this was such yeah. an opportunity for this show to really drill in on it. And, and and it's almost like they're trying to just toss little pieces out there and back away from it and go and do something that's entertaining. But I don't right. think that it, those two are necessarily opposites of each other. I think it could have been done a, a lot better. And I, I, particularly because we have this wonderfully diverse cast there's yeah. a wonderful this is mate there there was this opportunity to talk about uh in this slightly removed fictional situation that reflects reality about the biases towards people of color historically underrepresented folks and how the justice system stuck stacked up against mm-hmm. them and how being reactive rather than proactive helps folks who look like me and you right continue to maintain their power by oppressing folks who don't look like me and you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was, I I would, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that writer's room to see if discussions went that way and whether or not they talked about if this would work, if this wasn't work, wouldn't work, Uh, particularly once they knew that there wasn't going to be a fourth season, because sadly enough, Halfway through the third season, they start to find their footing. It feels like this could be a really freaking amazing show for for racial issues, for uh, unjust uh, prison uh, justice issues. This could be a great LGBTQ. Like, there's so many things where they started to find their footing, and this could be one of the premier shows for it. Yeah. They they got canceled. (laughs) And what did did they double down and say, okay, you got to cancel us. We're going to pound home these messages. Yeah, maybe a little yeah. bit, sort of. I don't know. Yeah, it's unfortunate because this was a show led by that the actress who plays Ryan, 
Batwoman is uh, a bi woman of color. And I, I, who, who I also want to add right now, and then you continue yeah. after this. Yeah. I, I think as good as Ruby Rose was, yeah. Ruby Rose played Batwoman a lot like many folks play Batman. Yeah. Close, close in, lacking of emotion. Yeah. You know, and, 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 I, and I can appreciate that, but. The new Batwoman is so perfect in terms She's of. She's fantastic. I think that she is an amazing actress. And they, once again, they lost this opportunity. And I apologize for interrupting, but can, please continue with your thought. Well, I think you're right. I mean, she is, and you get to see nuance of the character that you don't get to see. I mean, you don't really yeah. find out that much about about Batman and, uh, you know, any Batman show. I mean, you know, he's super bummed about the death of his parents but you know you know that's yeah. really all that drives bruce rent bruce and, and i and i do like i will i'm gonna yeah. launch off of this because i think this is an yeah. important part and it's one yeah. of those other losses that they had uh and, and they also went against it earlier in the show um ultimately bruce wayne leaves being batman because he killed joker and up until that point Killing someone was not an option. Right. And when he actually does it, he realizes what has this vigilanteism created? Who 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 have I become? And early on, well, Ruby Rose's character of, of Batwoman says, Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I'm not gonna because of that. And it's a few episodes in, they have that happen. So uh I feel like this is another once again, I think the writing room, and I'm sure yeah. that Honestly, they wouldn't have been writing for it. They weren't great, great writers. I think there were probably lots of pressures going on. They couldn't figure out. But ultimately, they lost another opportunity there to talk about does redemptive violence have an upside? Or is redemptive violence ultimately not redemptive? Yeah. And that's a great question because it's one of the central questions of the whole Batman related universe here. I mean, because that's the question that you have to ask yourself over and over again, as you see Batman struggling against the same criminals uh, episode after episode, week after week, as right. the Joker, you know, escapes Arkham or any number of criminals. And then they go and they kill a bunch of people. You've got to ask yourself, well, if he broke his moral code, would that make things better for himself? Right. Would it make things better for Gotham? And I think that's one of the questions that we're supposed to ask as we yeah, as fair. we sit fair. and either yeah. read the read the comics or watch the shows or whatever. Is you know why doesn't Batman just take that in into his own hands or any of the characters, Robin or Batwoman or uh, Batgirl? Mm -hmm. And yeah. if they had. Oh, I mean, what does that do to to them personally? And so that's that's a great question, Mark. Is yeah, is, I, is it redemptive or not? Is it redemptive or not? But also, uh, it goes yeah. back to the question of: Are you yeah. being reactive or pro proactive? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we don't have a lot. I don't know. If we have any ultimately superheroes that are trying to be proactive. All the yeah, all, in, hmm. in in the entire DC universe, in particular, yeah. All that you're trying to do is prevent the bad things that the bad people are doing mm -hmm. and hurt them for trying to do them. 
not kill them necessarily, yeah. depending on who the character right. is, but to hurt them because of it, to 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 lock them away because of it. And we don't ha- have a lot of stories that are about how do you re-educate? How 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 do you uh, even address the pain and the turmoil and the issues that these these villains have gone through that have, have put them in the place where they feel like the best option for them in their life is to build be to be villainous. And in some cases, I mean, even the Joker believes that he's making the world a better place. Ultimately, um, how we don't ever see them trying to address this. And in Bad Woman, particularly in season three, I would yeah. make the argument that we have a, a a heroine who comes from a place where that would be an important storyline. I've been falsely accused. I have had life affect me in a negative way that can make me a horrible person and it not that's horrible is not even fair make me a person that the dirt the world judges horribly and and i see a better way i see a better process i see a way out of this and i could work towards it there was so much opportunity to to follow that storyline that didn't happen yeah, and wouldn't it have been incredible if the way, knowing that the series was going to end, right? Wouldn't it be incredible if the way that she saved Gotham was through social reform and and through proactive means instead of saving it as well, the vigilante? Yeah. It, I mean, I think that would be incredible. Yeah, but at least at least p- partly that. You know, I don't think it's yeah. re- realistic to say that it would be completely that. For that to be an important key element of it, particularly maybe her alter ego, not her alter ego, but her Ryan, the actual right. yeah, person to have, because th- through some really bad writing again, becomes the uh, CEO of Wayne Enterprises. And it's very questionable how that even happened and how the shares happened and all the, I mean, it's, it's. <laughs> Oh, they don't work. ask too many questions, Mark. Don't ask. Are you, <laughs> Just accept it. But there was this real opportunity to have this philanthropist who came from the streets to to work towards those kind of things. I, and and real quickly, we've got a couple more minutes left yep. in this segment. But to, to all the folks who are tuning in right now, uh, please thoughts and questions that you have, shoot them out to us because in about four or five minutes, we're about to go over to a section where we would really very much like to speak to the points that uh, you are thinking about that we're not quite getting into because yeah. Caleb, I mean, we're geeks. We're, 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 we're fanboys. We're geeks. We yeah. get so into this and we can, we can chase a rabbit down a hole and, and which is really appropriate considering the, the, one of the main uh, uh, villains in the show. It's Alice. <laughs> Alice. And we've not said much about Alice, but my goodness, what a great, once again, what a, character. a writing room nightmare, but a, what an intriguing character. Well, and the fact that she was developed by uh, being kidnapped as a child and this, this whole, this whole series of like, did her dad do enough to try and uh, try and save her? And did, did Kate do enough to try and save her? It's very interesting to agree. And there's a lot of um, maybe one of the rare times, I think where we see a, 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 sort of in-depth self-reflection from a villain who's trying to figure out who she is, what she should be, why she's like she is, uh, and and even ends up aligning more than once 
with the quote good guys, the good the the, the good heroes, um, it, and you you can't help but feel like there's a part of her that really wants to. Um, yeah, you see some emotional growth and some development, which is something you almost never see in a bill. I mean, sometimes, but right. don't see it real often some emotional growth in terms of the villain. And we see that she was emotionally manipulated in a way to make her evil, which right. uh, I, which, you know, we don't get that kind of backstory uh, a lot right. of times and we don't see the emotional manipulation. We don't see the, the backstory that the, the person's environment and the, the way that that really leads to them being uh, an evil person and tormenting the citizens of Gotham. Or yeah. wherever they are in their universe. Completely yeah. agree. Completely agree. All right. Well, it is time, I think, for us to move on to the question and answer period. And so after this. Shoot your we questions. Hope- we got about 30 seconds. That's right. We hope that you will send us your questions and we can't wait to answer some more questions about Batwoman or any theological issues that you're thinking about right now. Okay. Well, okay. I can't help. I'm laughing really hard. I read the wrong comment just before we come back to our question and answer. Again, please, folks, if you're still listening, we really appreciate it. And please uh, go ahead and whatever whatever platform you're on, go ahead and send your questions in. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, Caleb, uh, I'm just going to shoot. The, <laughs> I'm going to shoot the question that just got me laughing. Uh, yeah. Walter H. Milliken Jr. says. Do not send me any more your propaganda. <laughs> uh, Mark, have you? Who have you been sending your propaganda to? Well, uh, I, 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 I am I am a member of the Propaganda Syndicate. Uh, hey, they yes, are part. They sure. are one of the many many influences in Gotham City who constantly try mm-hmm. to make the world a worse place for all other people yeah. that are there. Uh, the The reality is, uh, we only have a few questions. Uh, and I think the most important one, and this is not a joke at all, is as nope. much as I'm still laughing over, don't send me any more of your propaganda. <laughs> like, how far along did the, actually, let me look. They they made it 17 minutes into the show, and then they yeah. were like, don't send me any more of your propaganda. That's fantastic. Uh, Walter H. Milliken Jr., thanks for uh, your que- question. Um, so the question is, who is... And, and Caleb, I'm not even sure you know this. Who is the Moonshine Jesus vocalist? I know his first name. He's known only to me as Randy. Yes. But- it, is, it, is, uh, it is Randy Creeth, C-R-E-A-T-H. I really, really deeply encourage you to check him out. Uh, this gentleman is so spiritually in tune, understands... Um, what love really is supposed to look like. And he practices it day in and day out. And I, I'm not over grandizing him. That, that's the crazy part. Cause it sounds like it. He is such a solid person and I cannot be more thankful uh, for 
or his willingness. Uh, I'm just gonna let, until we get more questions, I'm gonna give you the full backstory on this. So Randy was a friend of mine online when the Moonshine Jesus show started. And uh, we we did not have resources. Boy, did we not have resources. Uh, it was almost amazing that we were able to publish it and pay anything to, for anyone to host it. Um, and Randy said he would uh, work with us and, and, and develop this, the song. And it is it couldn't be more perfect as far as I'm concerned. It, it captures the vibe of the show. Uh, it's a little quirky. It's a little fun. It's a little serious. And his voice, oh, my God. God, I mean, Randy's voice, am I right? It's great. He's fantastic. And uh, I, I love the way that, you know, just hearing Moonshine Jesus get you ready to pull up a chair, pour <laughs> a drink, talk some theology, talk some pop culture, some politics. Yeah, he's great. I yeah. I would love and, to be Randy. And, and that's going to have to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're at least entertaining the idea of maybe um, – Showing up at uh, Wild Goose this year. We're not sure yet. We're going to see how everything falls out. Right. But there's this great Wild Goose story uh, from Randy. Uh, and I know we're running up on the end of our time, but I just wanted to let you know, the very first time the Moonshine Jesus Show showed up at the Wild Goose Festival, which is a, 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 a national progressive Christian uh, gathering, we did uh, this midnight, uh, unscheduled, not on any... Uh, of of the official you know bookings uh podcast at midnight at the the very last campsite at the very back of the grounds and randy is the kind of dude that he volunteered to show up with his equipment at midnight and play all the songs live and that's amazing we could not have had a better time. Uh, yeah. I am a lifetime fan of Randy Cruz. Yeah. So that's who he is. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna close this out though with one last statement. I won't. I want to see what your response is. Let's see. Jim Eaton says, "I think Batwoman could drink Batman and Robin under the table." She absolutely could. You see that episode where they're just sitting around shooting tequila? Uh, they own a bar. They own a bar. Yeah, they That's own they a do. bar, of course. Of course. Uh, you know, uh, Batman and Robin aren't nearly as fun as no. that woman <laughs> and her back room. Not even because yet another reason this show should not have been canceled and they had so many opportunities to make it valid, to make it contemporary, and they just couldn't quite get their footing. And it's a shame, but it is what it is. But it's still worth watching, particularly the third season. It is. But, Mark, I've got a way that we can keep Batwoman alive. Tell me what you think. Ooh. What if we, we can commit, uh, and all, all you who are listening to this can commit, to try some Gotham City cocktails. Uh, in yeah. the spirit of bat of batwoman and uh and their their bar the hold up <laughs> uh, drink some gotham city cocktails Absolutely. in celebration of batwoman think think about all that she could have been all that she stood right. for and uh, uh celebrated every time you take a sip cheers to you mark cheers to all of you out there listening cheers and to you, batwoman and to you as well uh thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time on 
the Blue Shine, Shine Jesus Show. Blue Shine Jesus, the Bible's coming. Blue Shine Jesus.